0: Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast radio show coming to you on this Friday, February the 26th, 2020. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Today's episode is a popular request by many of you. This is an updated version of my training and my eating schedule for... 2021, if you will, or at least how it's been going thus far, and for the foreseeable future, unless something uh, drastically changes here. But before I kick into today's episode, a handful of things I want to run through. First, uh, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You guys already know it's the one thing I take every single day I never miss. If you struggle with eating vegetables, which all of us do, let's be honest, you'd have to eat probably 10 servings of fruits and veggies every day to get enough micronutrients in the body and I don't think anybody listening is doing that so if you find yourself struggling especially to eat green vegetables if you're not crushing asparagus and Brussels sprouts and spinach and kale every single day and let's be real kale's gross who wants to crush that every single day I would urge you guys to try athletic greens uh, again if you're looking for something that's going to improve digestion something that's going to improve energy your immune system gut health uh, this would be the thing I would take. If you're taking 14 different pills, you can throw most of them in the trash. I would pick this up. If you guys want to try it now, we can hook you up with a year supply, of free vitamin D and five free travel packs just for ordering for a month. Even if you hate it after the first month, they'll keep sending you vitamin D the entire year. It's a pretty badass deal. We talked them into the site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. Or if you guys are really on the fence And you're like, well, Jeremy, I've heard you talk about it 8 million times, but I'm not sure. Shoot us a DM, send me an email, fill out a contact page on the website. Monica will send a pack right to your front door. And then you can get hooked up with the free vitamin D for a year and the five free travel packs with your first order. I'm happy to send you guys a pack. I don't care where you live in the world, if it's Canada, America, Australia, you know, wherever. I think we sent a pack to Greece last week. That's how crazy we're But I'm happy to do it to help you guys out. Again, there's no GMOs, no herbicides, pesticides, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, sweeteners. There's no gluten, no dairy, no corn, no eggs, no peanuts, no animal byproducts, no lactose, no sucrose, no dextrose. Basically, it's just badass things you need to put into your body to help you look better, move better and feel better. That's why I talk about it so much. So again, hit me up. Otherwise, the site athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, and you guys can get free vitamin D for a year. Also, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Beam CBD, uh, the site beamtlc.com. You guys can always get 20% off everything, and right now you can get 35% off any subscriptions on the Beam site. It's the CBD I take every single night to go to sleep. I take the Dream product uh, specifically. Heather likes the tinctures and the salve. She rubs it all over her body. Uh, Relax, everybody. Um, it does help with inflammation. And uh, I do feel I get the the most restorative quality sleep when I take it. Uh, Again, there's no THC in it. So you will not get high, but it will help you stay asleep. And I do wake up feeling refreshed. I'm not groggy. I'm not hungover. So if you guys are interested, you can hit me up and I'm happy to uh, share a link where you can get three free samples of the dream product. Otherwise, you guys can always go to the site, bmtlc.com and put in the code Jeremy Scott to save you uh, 35% off all subscriptions or 20% off everything on the site always and forever. With that said, we're going to talk about my training and my eating in 2021 and some of my goals. Uh, reminder, we do have a new fitness program launching here in a couple of days. It is our 30 for 30 challenge. Today is February the 26th. You guys have eight days left to register. We start on March the 8th, but the registration closes on the 6th. It's 30 days, 30 minutes of activity every single day. There's 22 unique uh, kind of, you know, rip your face off workouts. The, the nicest way I can say that. Uh, each week there's a different training protocol you'll go through. If you're a beginner, it's definitely going to challenge you. If you're intermediate to advanced, it's going to show any holes in your fitness game. One week you might be fine and the next week you're like, wow, I really struggle doing X, Y, and Z. This is what I have to work on. It'll challenge you uh, and it will change you for sure. In terms of just a fitness-based program, it's the the thing I'm I'm proud of the fitness content of it uh, the most of just a programming standpoint. Obviously, our 47 day, which those guys are, are finishing today, day 47. Congrats, you guys. You're amazing. You're rock stars. That is something different. There's more personal development. There's more habit-based uh, coaching things in there. This is a program where if you like fitness and you want to challenge yourself, there's going to be things you see and do in here that you've never done before and not chopped and served and sliced in the way that we're going to give it to you. So if you're interested... Uh, The site, JeremySkyFitness.com slash 30-30-challenge, and uh, I'm happy to give you guys a little podcast discount code if you hit me up uh, before the deadline. So that is our next online coaching challenge, and there's a lot of people already up in there, which should be pretty cool. It'll be fun. You'll be the first people to go through it for sure. So uh, I'm definitely kind of jacked to to see how it works out and what everybody thinks once they begin. So uh, I do want to give a quick shout out here uh, to two notes before I go into... Uh, My eating first, and then I'll kind of break down my current programming right now. But uh, just shout out to my wife, uh, Heather Scott, who's not here today. I dropped her off at the airport yesterday uh, to go see her family for the first time in like a year and a half, which is uh, actually really crazy for her because she uh, gets homesick much more than I do. I don't really uh, suffer from that. Although I do miss seeing uh, my friends, and I haven't seen my dad in in almost two years, which sucks ass. But she, I took her to the airport and I was like, I haven't been to the airport in over a year. It's really weird. Like she used to travel a ton and I would as well, her even more so than me, just taking flights to California, uh, for work. But, uh, yeah, I haven't been to the airport in over a year, which is kind of crazy. Um, just even just driving there and, and dropping her off, but it was busy, which is good to see people out, uh, doing stuff and, uh, you know, wanting to get out there and see the world and uh, and see friends and family again which is nice man because this last year just sucked ass in terms of that just very just very kind of sad just not a, not a fun space to be and I think all of you guys can kind of feel me on that so I dropped her off at the airport last night to go see her family which she was uh, super uh, jacked about but I do want to give her just a quick shout out because she did get a permanent role uh, back in uh, in corporate America with her uh, company which is she was very excited for she was in this kind of you know, furlough, do a temporary assignment, furlough, temporary assignment for basically the last like 11 to 12 months, which uh, if you know her, if you guys have listened to her for any period of time, she's very, uh, she's a planner. Uh, She likes to plan things. And uh, the the uncertainty really just kind of threw her off. But uh, I'll give her credit because man, she handled it uh, better than most people for sure. And, uh, obviously I gave her a little coaching along the way, but I won't uh, take credit for it. She actually had to put in the work and, uh, and come on here on the podcast. And I think she has grown a lot as a person and it's, uh, it was not easy for her to do. So I give her a shout out for that, but more so, um, I give her praise because we have a neighbor. He lives two doors down from us. Uh, his name is Russ and he turned, uh, 96 years old on Sunday and, uh, Funny note, if you guys ever get a chance to uh, to hang out with somebody way older than you, I'm talking like late 80s, 90s, if you get to meet someone who's 100, you know, do it. Um, ask them questions, be around them. And there's a lot you can learn from them, uh, both good and bad for sure, because they've done everything you're going to do. They've already lived your life, you know. And uh, any regrets they have, they're, they're typically, you know, free uh, to share them with you. And uh, any successes and wins and like life lessons, what they think is the most important, I think it's a, it's a really important thing to do. And uh, since my wife, obviously, you know, works from home, she gets to walk our dog all the time and she basically knows all the neighbors. And then there's obviously neighbors who don't even know I exist, which is, that's not a joke. That's a true story. We met a lady at the dog park like a week ago who um, didn't even know Heather was married and probably know my wife for three or four years. So that's how much I'm here working. But uh, anyways our neighbor a couple doors down had his 96th birthday. And my wife has obviously talked with him over the years and, and gotten to know him. So she set up this little, uh, you know, kind of birthday thing in his, his driveway, because this dude, his name is Russ, he, uh, he still walks uh, the, the mall here uh, in Scottsdale, there's a fashion square mall, it's just super popular. And uh, he walks it every day from like four o'clock to five o'clock, just like a, you know, he goes in there, Ninety-six, No fucks given. Puts his mask on and just crushes it. Even during the pandemic, he's doing his thing. Still drives himself there too, which is pretty amazing uh, to think at 96. None of my, my grandparents ever made it um, even to 90 years old, you know, and let alone 96. But that's what he does. And so she wanted to set up a little surprise in his uh in his driveway. So she got, you know, my wife always goes. She's a planner. That's why she likes to be in hospitality and in the service industry and obviously help us here with our athletes and the people. So she's a planner. So she gets like, you know, those giant like gold balloons, the big 96 and, and puts them up in his driveway. She gets like some streamers and like a banner and some other like shiny things. She hung on his wind chimes. I don't know like all, all the things that she got, but she had a ton of stuff. She got a, had a box of chocolates and she was like describing this whole thing to me. Like, oh, we should, like, you know, maybe hide in the bushes. And then when he comes, I'm like, Heather, he's 96. If we do this and we, we scare him and we kill him in his driveway, this is going to be terrible. And I'm joking when I say that, but she just goes so, you know, in detail. Maybe we bring some lawn chairs and we hang out. I'm like, hey, he probably just wants us to leave him alone and do his thing. But uh, it was nice. We t- took the dog over there, you know, gave him some chocolates. And uh, he wanted to share them with us because he didn't want to eat them all himself, which obviously, you know, we didn't. We left him with him. But it was just a... Uh, as I'm listening to her do this and hearing the joy in her voice and, and, and watching her do it, it's just, uh you know, I want to give her credit because it's, it's something that very few people do. And uh, it's something immediately I am not going to do. Uh, I'm obviously a, a serial killer introvert, so I'm not going to go and uh, throw the neighbors a surprise party. But uh, it's just a very kind, sweet thing that she did. And uh, it just... Basically, what I'm getting at is I, I made a good choice. I made a good life partner uh, pick there. So, when you're in a foxhole with somebody um, and you look at your partner and you look at the things they do and how they grow as a person and mature over time and see, you know, are they a selfish person? Are they a giving person? Um, I feel good about my life choice. So, Heather, I give you a shout out for that because it was a very cool, unique, neat thing you did. And uh, I'm sure it made his day. He was very uh, kind, uh, he was very thankful of it. He was very surprised. He's like, oh my, he's like, why would you do this for me? He's like, I don't even do anything. I'm like, Russ, that's the best neighbor. The one that doesn't do anything, just keeps his yard clean, doesn't talk shit and sticks to himself. Me and you can be best friends, my man. Uh, I'm joking when I'm saying that to him, but, uh, it's very cool. And I know someone who's obviously, you know, towards the end of their life at 96, probably, you know, his wife has passed, uh, doesn't have a lot of friends around. He's probably one of the only ones living if he has any, you know, friends like from, you know, college and high school left. And uh, for us, for my wife to do that, and then some of the neighbors came over and said hi as well, I thought it was pretty cool. And those are little things that uh, can change people's day, and it can change their life. And it can just show them that other people do care and other people do give a shit. And uh, just a very unique and uh a neat thing and i'm very uh proud of her for doing that and i'm i'm happy to be associated with her and so what i'm driving at is not just to to make her sound awesome and and get brownie points from her because she probably won't even listen to this but um for you guys you have the ability to do the same thing like in your own neighborhood you know we live close to these people and we live next to it i'm not saying you know go be best friends with them because they might turn out to be real serial killers and they feel way too comfortable to come into your house and um, turn you into a Dateline episode. But uh, I'm kidding when I say that. Uh, but you do live close to these people. And if you have the ability to help them and do something and put a smile on their face and make their day or make their life better, do that. Um, I'm not saying every single day. But every so often, just checking up on the people that are you know, even closest to you in proximity, it can go a long way. And I know this last year, 2020, a lot of people were in in some dark, weird, you know, strange places. And you just smiling at them, or you saying hi, or stopping to chat, even from a distance, or, or you know, baking them cookies at uh, Christmas time, or whatever it may be, uh, c- can make a huge difference in their life. And just you know, take a mental note of that uh, as you kind of move forward into the new year of uh, 2021. So now. I'm going to read something here quickly before I talk about all my stuff. My man Tyler English uh, posted this, and I'm actually going to put it out on our newsletter, I think on Wednesday. Uh, I kind of gave a Cliff's Notes version of what he wrote. Now, Tyler English has been in fitness for a long, a long time. Um, He owns Tyler English Fitness. Uh, I think he is out in Pennsylvania still, uh, freezing his ass off, but... He shared this, and I wanted to share with all of you as well. Obviously, I'm a health and fitness guy. I'm always going to, you know, be biased uh, towards it and want the health and fitness industry to succeed and be successful. And that doesn't mean just me. Um, I don't have to do this. I don't have to run a gym. Um, I choose to because I care about it and I see the importance in it. And even if it only helps, you know, 22 people in your community, 10 people in your community, 100 people in your community, 200 people in your community, the cascade effect that has on friends and family and co workers goes further than you can ever imagine. And he shared this with, uh, you know, obviously a hint of frustration from the past year, because a lot of us in the health and fitness space were fighting the last year, me included, you know, I spent most of 2020 fighting, um, here, you know, 100 hours a week working. That's not an exaggeration. I know people will say things like, oh, I work 80 hours a week when they really work like 55. And that's fine. But I'm not exaggerating when I say 100. I was here every fucking day for 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Like you could drive by here and you could see my car parked early in the morning, middle of the day, late as hell at night. Sometimes that thing didn't move. For 16 straight hours now is fighting and not to keep my business alive. The business is going to survive no matter what. No matter what people decided to do. But fighting to change a narrative that politicians and the media were spewing. And that was that gyms are not safe. That's what we heard over and over and over again. People sharing these bullshit made-up infographics of here's the 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 worst places for the spread and it would like put gyms in like the highest spread category. This is based off not science. This is based off of horseshit, off of just magic, you know, unicorn poop. They just threw it up and said, well, this is what it's gonna be because we're we're just guessing. The problem is when you do that, you vilify entire industries, you vilify entire professions, and the average person who doesn't look past the surface level, who doesn't, you know, look past the cover of the book, they just read the headline, it freaks them out forever. And this is true in anything in life, it is much harder, everybody, to change a culture than to establish one. Listen to me, it is much harder to change a culture and to change a thought process about something than to establish one. So the narrative That I was fighting with every podcast with every email with every video we did here was fighting this narrative that you know political leaders and the media for lack of a better term was saying gyms weren't safe they were saying health and fitness isn't essential they were saying don't exercise they were saying lock yourself in close quarters now side note I understand early early on people didn't know what was going on that's fine but when you know better, you do better. You course correct. If you're going down the wrong way on the freeway, you turn the fuck around. You change it. But they were saying, stay inside. Don't get any sunshine. And then we we're wondering why people were getting even more sick. Now, how many experts today, if this is February 26, 2021, are ready to admit they were wrong on this entire situation with that? I don't need an apology. I don't need anything other than to say, hey, we thought it was this we were wrong. And now we're going to move forward with it yet. I have not heard that. It's just like we can say stuff and be completely ass backwards and then just like, well, we'll just move forward and hopefully people will figure it out. That's not right. And this isn't about me sharing this right now. I know I'm getting kind of worked up. It isn't about me. I'm going to be fine no matter what I was always going to be fine. It's for all of my friends who are in fitness, who have lived and breathed and died for this. It is for all of my friends who have sacrificed their life and given up time with friends and family and went deeper in education than most people will ever imagine just to help others. And there's no reason like a a Hannah Eden shouldn't have a gym in person still. There's no reason her gym should be dead. There's no reason that Kelly Sturet's CrossFit place in San Francisco should be dead. There's no reason for that. And still, we're this far along and how many experts are really to admit, hey, we were wrong and we made a mistake. And now we can, we can come up publicly and we can say that in course correct to make people feel comfortable, but I haven't heard it. And I'm going to share this with you here quick. The Gym Mitigation and Survival Act has been brought forth to assist gyms that are battling to exist in 2021. Now, here are some scary facts. Number one, 1.4 million fitness professionals have lost their jobs. That is 44% of the jobs in the industry. I'm going to repeat that 1.4 million fitness professionals have lost their jobs 44% of the jobs in the industry number 2 20.4 billion lost in revenue through December 2020 that is a 58% decline from 2019 number 3 17% of clubs permanently closed as of December 2020 that that that's like that when i read that i get sick to my stomach for these people who have probably given up a huge chunk of their life just to try to help somebody else and have lost their business and their livelihood through no fault of their own. And a lot of them, very good coaches, very good fitness professionals, and more importantly than that, very good people. 17% of clubs permanently closed as of December 2020. That is a a fucking gut punch, man. Number four, according to a January survey, fewer than 50% of small gyms and fitness studios expect to survive through 2021 without federal support. That's half your mom and pop shops aren't going to make it through 2021. The good ones will. The ones who are trendsetters, the ones who can adapt and shift and have always been multifaceted. uh, Someone like myself, for sure, crushing it. But 50% of small gyms and fitness studios are expected to not survive this entire year Without some kind of federal support, depending on obviously what state you're in, because there's places right now in California where you still can't go to a gym, which just blows my mind because that is not based on science that is based on complete bullshit. Number five, according to data released by Yelp, gyms and fitness facilities currently face a higher closure rate than nearly every other industry, including restaurants and bars. I'm gonna repeat that quick. According to data released by Yelp, gyms and fitness facilities currently face higher closure rates than nearly any other industry, including restaurants and bars. And gyms, my friends, accounted for less than 1% of all the spread. Less than 1%. Less than 1%. Yet this is what the fallout was because what we were sharing on the news and the narrative that was created around it, like it was this dirty unsafe place that somehow these educated people who have dedicated their life to health and wellness couldn't do it better than a target a walmart a lowes a home depot a casino or a strip club or any other fucking place that's open research continues to show an important relationship between maximal exercise capacity and the lower risk of complications due to viral infections the health benefits of exercise are well documented Nothing I'm going to say here is new. As our nation emerges from this pandemic, having access to services of health and fitness will be more important than ever. Outside of physical health, what else do you have in life, right? The benefits from training in a gym are physical, but they're also mental. They're also emotional. For some people, they're spiritual. They really are like it touches you on all four pillars. That's how we teach fitness here. The physical, the mental, the spiritual, and the emotional. That's how we wrap up fitness here. Whether people realize it or not, that's what we're doing here. Gyms, big and small, and everywhere in between that have survived, a lot of them still aren't in the clear. So maybe the place you're going to now, you think they're doing all right, they might just be hanging on by a thread. And I wanted to share this because whether it's blue or red or whatever your beliefs are, it's time to have like, our elected officials realize like that they're tearing apart an industry that breathes health, happiness, and life into many of Americans. 24-7, 365. They really do. And uh, I know some of you guys tuned in not to hear you know, probably this, but it's important to me. Uh, and if I don't use my platform, which has been built on, you know, this all started by me just training people, you know, in a park. And then, you know, in a small studio where I was renting space before and after my corporate job, and then in a smaller warehouse space, and then in a bigger warehouse space for seven years with no air conditioning. And I wasn't on the internet for probably the first four or so years of business. It was the only money I made was me training humans in a gym, in a facility, and it changed my life. It changed my wife's life, and it changed thousands of other people's lives who walked through the door. And while those people are still with me here today. So I'm always going to have a spot for it, for sure. And I just think it's wrong what's happened. And uh, we need these places. People need to have options of places to go. They really do. Uh, Because I think if we've learned nothing over the past year, it's that health and fitness is essential. And that you can't call anybody's life's work and their craft non-essential. But I just want to share that really quick. The source is ursa.org. You can look up the article yourself. It's called "Keeping Clubs Open," um, and Ursa is basically our governing body um, in health and fitness, or the biggest organization that's going to speak up for us, because we're kind of like the the redheaded stepchild that gets lost because we don't, you know, we don't generate the same money that uh, you know the, the travel industry does. There's no you know billions of dollars of, of bailouts, and uh, it is what it is. But I wanted to share that just because I think it's important. So if you are in a community where there's a gym, Um, ran by some people you know, support it um, in any way you can. Uh, Every little bit probably helps them at this point, especially if they're just, uh, you know, fighting for survival. And I came across uh, a message from uh, the business growth mentor, and it was, and I quote, if my friend's an accountant, that's where I'm doing my taxes. If my friend opens a bar, that's where I'm going for a drink. If my friend opens a restaurant, that's where I'm going to eat. Others might have better prices, but I'm helping my friends build their business. And that's how we all succeed together. And uh, of course, obviously, I'm biased. I have ran a small business for a very long time, but I try to always shop local. I try to always do the mom and pop coffee shops. uh, Although at four in the morning, sometimes just a, a black coffee from Starbucks is all you can get. But anytime I can go to the real places, I always do. And I'll pay more and I'll wait longer to help them cause I value what they do and the quality is always better for sure. But, uh, just keep that in mind as you guys move through, uh, 2021 and, uh, and make your choices with how you spend your time, effort, energy, and, uh, obviously of course your money. So with that said, my 2021 kind of eating and training schedule, we did an episode on this, I believe back in 2018. And, uh, Not a lot has really changed, honestly. Uh, I'm older, for sure, so hopefully I'm a little bit smarter. But that's debatable, depending on who you ask and uh, and what day you're asking it. But my nutrition and and how I eat. Right now, uh, especially probably this year so far, I'm keeping it pretty basic. My Monday through Friday, traditionally or habitually, I guess you would say, I have been eating two meals per day, every single day. And on the weekends, I have been eating basically one meal on Saturday and one meal on Sunday. Now full disclaimer, I'm not telling you guys to do what I do. I'm just sharing with you what I do and what works for me. And obviously what I do, you know, at 37 is not the same thing I did at 27. It's not the same thing I did at 17. And it might not be the same thing I do at 47. But who knows? Um, I do what works for my body. I do what makes me feel best, and uh, the byproduct is I get to look a certain way and, and move a certain way and feel a certain way. But I'm not doing anything at this point in my life just to look a certain way. That's not that's not my main goal anymore. Uh, I, I'm I pretty much understand what my body looks like and, and how I can make it look and move and shift. I don't personally have any interests of getting, you know, a lot bigger. I'm not trying to get a lot smaller. I just want to, you know, be right, kind of right here, have a good level of conditioning. I I like to be ripped. Um, I like to have some muscle mass in my body, but I like to feel good, Uh, more important than that. And if I start to get a little bit too chubby, I know what to do. And if I start to get a little bit too lean, I know what to do there. And uh, it's not rocket science, but obviously I'm eating twice a day. Usually, um, depending on my schedule in the day, I'll have my first meal, uh, like post workout, and my second meal will be later in the day. Obviously, you guys know I come from the intermittent fasting world, so most of my meals happen between probably three o'clock and eight o'clock, give or take. There might be a random day where I eat a little bit earlier and a little bit later, but most of my meals between three and eight. Probably the biggest window I'd ever have would be maybe like one to nine. I don't think I've had a, a day where I've ate at noon uh, this entire year it's just how it's kind of worked out for me. And for me, the first meal of the day tends to be a little bit smaller uh, than the second one. But it really just depends and I go by how I feel. And during the week, I eat pretty low carbohydrates for the most part. Uh, so if it's like meal one, and you want me to give an example of like what I would go through and do. Uh, if I happen to stop at this place like called Bulla Greens, which is just down the street, uh, I get double chicken, um, which is probably about it's, it's a lot of food, man. I mean, the, th- the box weighs over a pound. I mean, it's heavy. So I'm guessing the chicken is, is damn near a pound of chicken. It's probably 10, 12 ounces, somewhere in there. And uh, I have them just filled with veggies. And I basically just do broccoli uh, and cauliflower. And they have this hummus, which is like crack cocaine. I don't know what they put in it, man. But I don't even want to know. Uh, probably just a little bit of olive oil. Um, but it's great. And so I just I basically drench this thing with broccoli, cauliflower, chicken, uh, and then hummus. And then, depending on what I have here in house, I might do like one of the perfect bars. If you guys have seen those, they have to be in the refrigerator. It's all real food. They have about 20, what about 20, is about 20 some carbohydrates and maybe they might have about 20 grams of fat too. I think it's about 20 grams of protein. They're about 300 and some calories, give or take what kind you get. But they have a, a dark chocolate peanut butter one that's about as close to a cookie dough as you can get. So, um, I typically might do that for the first meal. Otherwise, I literally just will will cook up a bunch of meat and I'll have it here, and I'll just I'll just crush meat uh, for my first meal. I also do my first serving of athletic greens uh, with my first meal. Usually, if I can go home, um, the other first meal I would eat is like probably three or four eggs and a bunch of chicken sausage and uh, some cauliflower rice. And if I have some cottage cheese, I might throw that in there. Otherwise, I just go with the the eggs the chicken sausage and the cauliflower rice. And I'll take my athletic greens, I'll do a scoop of water, and I'll slam it as I'm making my uh, my meal. That tends to work best for me. And uh, that's kind of how I roll. And if I'm still hungry after that, I usually, uh, maybe I'll throw in like a power crunch bar or something as like a little sweet treat, They're about 200 calories, about 14 grams of protein, uh, give or take. Otherwise, that's just kind of how I roll. But uh, it's not complex. It's not super sexy, but that's usually my first meal of the day, and that's after I've already worked out. So my body's created demand for the food, and that's what I throw in there. I feel best doing that, and I roll with it. I have found myself as I get older, I'm eating slower. And I've been drinking way more water because what would happen back in the day is I would eat like probably what I just mentioned to you and then I would still be hungry because I would eat it within like three minutes and my, my, my brain hasn't even processed what the hell's going on yet and then before I know it, I'm like making four rice cakes with peanut butter and like bananas on it and before you know it, Jeremy's back to 230 pounds again and that's just too heavy for me and I don't feel that great. Uh, when I'm at that weight, and I like just the way that I look and move and feel at about, you know, 210 pounds as opposed to 230 pounds. Also, what I would find is when I eat so fast, I would eat way more than I needed to. Obviously I would not I need to eat a, a ton of rice cakes with peanut butter and, you know, crush like, you know, four power crunch bars or dig into whatever stuff we have in the house by slowing down my eating. And drinking more water with the meal, it gives my body time to process. And I did it today as I sat here, I basically just ate uh, almost like a pound of uh, meat here today. We had like some carne asada and some chicken mixed together. I ate all that. And uh, a perfect bar after my workout, which I just did before getting on this podcast. And I sat here and I'm like, man, I'm still hungry. And we do have more of these perfect bars in there. And somebody sent me these uh, they're not Koya drinks, they're like Asprey, kind of like uh, vegan protein drinks in the fridge. There's like a dark sea salt caramel and, and a vanilla bean one. They're actually really amazing. And I'm like, well, maybe I can have another bar and I'll eat one of those. But I'm like, Jeremy, just sit here return some emails, drink your water, chill. And after 10 minutes, I'm like, I wasn't even hungry. And that's the stuff that I used to do. I used to not slow down. I used to be in a rush and then I would have ate all that stuff. And all of a sudden it's an extra thousand calories and an extra 800 calories and not that that's a huge deal, but what I would find is within like an hour or two, I would feel kind of shitty. Like I'd, f- I'd find out that I ate too much, whether it be, you know, too much fat at a serving or I just ate too much food. And I kind of was, you know, bloated uh, and lethargic and actually took energy away from me as opposed to give me energy. And by slowing down my eating and drinking more water with my first meal, I made better choices. So hopefully some of you, if you find yourself in that boat you can make a better choice as well. I know oftentimes we get uh, hunger and thirst confused. And so make sure you're really hydrated. Again, we've talked about this before on podcasts, at least 100 ounces of water a day. Uh, If you're sweating, obviously drink more. If you can do like an ounce per uh, pound you weigh. So if you're 200 pounds, you know, drink uh, 200 ounces of water at least. I think that's ideal. And then your coffee, tea, water, if you're doing the Powerade Zeros or Gatorade Zeros, I'm fine with those too. And usually after my first meal, I kind of go about my day. So if that's at, let's say like, you know, three o'clock, I won't eat again for like five more hours because, you know, obviously eating takes all of, you know, 10 minutes. Even if I eat slow, it's like 15 minutes. And then the second meal of the night, usually Heather and I uh, do together, I usually grow the protein and that's usually my bigger meal of the day. And I feel better doing that. Some people, you know, don't like to eat, you know, before they go to sleep. Again, it's not like I eat and then go to sleep within two minutes If I eat at eight, I go to sleep at nine, I feel fine doing that. And honestly, I feel fine even eating, you know, a half hour before I go to bed. And uh, so I'll do, you know, whether it's salmon or chicken, I'm a huge fan of steak. So if I eat like a leaner protein uh, for lunch, so if I have like a chicken uh, or a fish or just like egg whites or even eggs, I'll do like a steak for dinner. If I eat like a a steak or carne asada or like a a beef, uh, you know, whatever it may be for lunch, I'll do like a lighter protein for dinner. That's just how I tend to do it. Or sometimes I'll go steak and steak. Uh, It really just depends. But I'll do a bigger uh, meat kind of portion in the evening, probably about a pound of meat. Again, that works for me. A lot of you guys, that sounds disgusting, but I could easily eat two pounds of steak every single night. It wouldn't even faze me. Uh, So again, whether it's salmon or chicken or, or ground turkey or steak, whether we do something like spaghetti squash, Uh, Or if my wife, she does a ton of shrimp, we put a ton of, uh, you know, turmeric, curcumin uh, with it, curry. Uh, But we do like, she does way more seafood than I do, but she's great about that. Otherwise, I'll grill the proteins and then we'll throw in the veggies, the Brussels sprouts, uh, the asparagus. Um, We do a ton of the cauliflower mash. We do a ton of the cauliflower rice, even uh, recently like the cauliflower risottos and spaghetti squash, all types of things like that we'll do. But again it's not real complex not real sexy and then other than that i'll probably throw in like i'll keep my my sweeter stuff for the evening if that's what i do and uh, heather shared it before i'll eat like a power crunch or two and uh i'll leave the wrappers next to my nightstand because that's how i roll um and i'm not picking them up either so take that um but in all reality, that's kind of what I do, you know, each day. And then obviously we throw in things like, uh, if I'm still hungry and we had like a lighter dinner. So if I went something like shrimp and asparagus and Brussels sprouts, I might do like some, you know, one of our, uh, we do those little, I don't know the oatmeal brand don't have in front of me, there's little hundred, uh, calorie oatmeal packs. They have like a cinnamon one. They have like a, brown sugar, like maple flavor one. There's only one gram of sugar in the whole pack. It's about 20 carbohydrates, but we'll do one of those packs. I'll throw it in. I'll add in a bunch of chia seeds and maybe cut up like half a banana too with a little bit of uh, almond milk. And I'll mix that up and I'll eat that. And it's uh it's satisfying. It's healthy, um, but that's it. And then I take most of any other supplements I take, I take uh, in the evening as well. So things like the fish oils, um, the krill oil, the the turmeric, uh, collagen, those types of things I tend to take uh, in the evening uh, before I go to sleep. Same thing with the Beam CBD before bed and I'm good to go. And that's kind of how I've been eating during the week for the most part. And again, I just gauge it on how I feel. That's the number one thing I go off of now. When I was younger, is obviously different, way more vanity driven, but uh, I'm kind of in this mold now. So I got to really do some stupid shit to get out of it. And I have to do some really extreme stuff to go the other way. Um, And I tend to feel better on a higher protein, higher fat diet as opposed to a, you know, higher carbohydrate diet. I feel like the more carbs I eat, uh, the more addicted to them I get and I have a really hard time, you know, controlling it. Again, that's just me personally. Um, I love fruit. And so, again, all these things are interchangeable. Sometimes I'll take out the oatmeal and I'll just eat like some kiwis or some mangoes or some things like that. Or post-workout instead of having like a perfect bar, I'll throw some fruit in. My only problem with fruit is that if I eat, like, uh, apples and bananas, I tend to want to just, like, cake those bad boys in peanut butter. And for me, it's a slippery slope. I have a hard time with portion control. Again, if you guys can do it, respect. It's just doing two tablespoons of peanut butter is really hard to do. It'd be like, uh, how do I describe this? having two tablespoons of peanut butter and not having eight tablespoons of peanut butter, it will be like having sex for like 20 seconds instead of having sex for 10 minutes. You know, like a little bit is good, but a, a more sex is better than like a little bit of sex. Like just like a teaser, you know, is not good enough. I want the whole, I want the whole show. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about peanut butter, right? Like two tablespoons is cool, but I want like six. And when if you really like, when you gauge it, I always use rice cakes as an example because I think rice cakes only exist um, to hold peanut butter. I don't think they have any other purpose in life. And so if you take like a Justin's pack and squirt it out and you and you try to spread that over two rice cakes, it's like so thin. I mean, it's like paper thin. And if you see like what I would normally do, it'd probably like four times that amount. So I personally just have to be careful. And I kind of, the night before I go to sleep, I, in my head kind of generally map out, hey, here's... Probably what I'm going to eat tomorrow, and here's the two times I'm going to eat, and here's probably what I'm going to eat both times. Now there's always there's there's fluid movement there, where I can shift and change. But I look at my schedule, I see where my breaks are in the day, and sometimes I only have like 15 minutes to eat, and sometimes I have a little bit more. So that will kind of depend on what I can make and where I'm at. If if I'm stuck here, obviously in the office, or if I'm at home, or if I'm kind of out and about. Uh, I can make a decision based off that. And then what we have at the house, what Heather's, you know, if she's around, if she can help and I'll help her and vice versa, I might pick up bowl of greens for her. She might pick up a salad to go for me and things like that. Or she might message me and say, Hey, I'm going to make shrimp tonight. Or, Hey, do you want to grill salmon? I'll make the veggies. We, we work as a team. Uh, and it's been very, very helpful with the nutrition because she will eat way more seafood than I would. And she eats way more vegetables than I would naturally. So she, she does help me be way healthier there. And uh, she cooks with, obviously, you know, turmeric way more than I would. So she's helping me get that in my life. Um, I grill way more than she ever would. So there's, there's things that we play off of each other, which is not super related to this podcast. But I'll say, like, if you have a partner who is willing to be there for you in terms of that, it, it's super helpful. I mean, excuse me. I couldn't... Um, obviously this, this business and life wouldn't exist without her help. I hope it's all of you guys know that like if all the the shit you see on Instagram, not our real programs, like we have a camera crew and Sean and everybody edits them and puts them together. But without Heather, 90% of these videos wouldn't exist. And they wouldn't look the way that they do. And um, she's a huge part of that. Obviously, I'm, it's Jeremy Scott fitness, but it, this wouldn't exist without her. She's just as part of it as, as I am. Obviously, I, I show up here and die for it. But without her backing, I wouldn't be here without her, you know, picking up things from the grocery store, making food, uh, communicating with me living the same healthy lifestyle I do. This would be 10,000 times harder. And a lot of these podcast episodes, a lot of the videos and things, they just wouldn't exist. So if you're trying to be healthier, and make better food choices, and your partner is not willing to meet you at least halfway, you have to have a conversation with them and just and see if you can get them on board and you, you're just going to have to, you know, be the hammer, you know, and they're going to be the nail for a while and you has got to beat the, the shit out of them, you know, figuratively speaking, you really do with your habits. I mean, not don't physically punch them, uh, but uh, you just have to do it alone and then eventually just keep having conversations with them. Keep leading from the front. And hopefully they join you because I couldn't do this without her and vice versa. She couldn't do it without me. You're kind of there for each other and you're putting each other in a position to be successful and she does obviously help me do that and that's kind of how we do things during the week you know we we play off each other we pick up things for one another uh we let each other know like what's in the refrigerator what's not in the fridge what we do need you know what we're missing and uh i try to really you know pull more than my weight in that uh category i think it's important you know as a man and as a woman to, to kind of be equal um if you both want to be healthy, I think it's it's vital. And so that's what we do uh, during the week. During the weekends, I usually um, do my, you know, treats like on Saturday. That tends to work best for me. It's when we, you know, tend to be the most social for sure. And, uh, and then Sunday, I'm kind of back to my normal routine. I just do one bigger meal of, you know, protein, veggies, maybe some other carbohydrates, just depends. And uh, that's how I do it. And the reason I do it that way is if I want to go out to dinner, you know, with friends or family or something, I tend to plan it for like a Saturday so I can go out and be a normal person. If you want to take me to, you know, Forno or, you know, we want to eat pizza and uh, some meatballs and have a couple of Peronis, I can do that and I can be a normal human, if you will, for once. And um, I feel good doing it that way. If I do it more than that, I'm going to get into some bad habits and patterns and I'm not going to feel good and I'm not going to enjoy it as much and it just leads me to making poorer choices. So I tend to save it for that day of the week. Again, I feel good doing this. I'm not judging anybody. If you guys can eat a slice of pizza every single day and it fits your macros, or if you want to eat Skittles every single day and it fits your macros, respect. I'm all for that. If it's intuitive eating for you and that works, cool. This is what works for me. I don't do a lot of stuff during the week because it's a slippery slope. Like, I, I kind of set these little rules in my head for me, and I feel I feel good that way. I'm happy that way. I have a balance that way. It's amazing because I'm an all-or-nothing person. I've shared it before. If I start to eat chips on a Tuesday, it's a dangerous game, my friend. It's the same thing. Like, if I, I can't eat three Girl Scout cookies, I'll eat the whole box. When those little terrorists come to the door, I just give them $20, and I send them on their way. Don't leave those things around me. Nothing good's going to happen. I'm like an addict. I'm just going to go berserk with it. I'm going to have to put them in the, the trash can and spray them with Windex. And even still, I'll think about grabbing them. So that's the person that I am. But a huge part of eating is knowing yourself, you know, and knowing who you are and what you can handle. And, you know, I have friends, I've shared before, that can, you know, drink half a Diet Coke and put it in the fridge. They can eat, you know, half a, a bowl of Chipotle and leave it there. They can buy four cupcakes, you know, from Sprinkles and eat one. Like, who are these people? What's wrong with you? Like, I can't do any of that stuff. Like, it's all or nothing. I'm getting better as I've gotten older, but I can easily fall back into those habits because it's like this addictive personality. It's, it's how I got addicted to everything, you know, drugs, tobacco, alcohol, you name it. Like, I'm, I'm good at getting addictive. So I, I try to steer clear of that. But on a Saturday, uh, I kind of wake up, do my thing, have coffee. We film a lot of content here, which we'll talk about um, on the training aspect of it in a second. But uh, I'll kind of go through the day, um, just drink a ton of fluids, do my thing, and then I'm probably around maybe five or six. If you know, I went out to dinner so infrequently. Uh, obviously, 2020 with the restaurants and things being closed and all that stuff, it's just it sucked because I do enjoy food. Uh, I enjoy the experiences. There's, I live in Scottsdale, obviously. There's so many amazing places here. Like I could never even try them all because there's so many that I want to go back to and repeat because they're so good. But uh, if it's just, let's say, you know, I go crazy and just eat, you know, there's a place called Roaring Fork here. If you ever come to visit, my wife jokes that it's for old people. That's not true. Um, but I'm deep down like an old person. And uh, they do have, it's my favorite burger uh, in the world. It's called the Big Ass Burger. It's enormous. It's like, and it's super cheap too, comparable to other places you would go here. Uh, but it's amazing. The burger's great there. It comes with fries. The fries are good. Um, their Mexican street corn, I think is the best in the Valley. I think it's better than the mission. Somebody, if you know a better place for a Mexican street corn, hit me up. Uh, that's great. They get these little, uh, like cornbread cheddar biscuits. Those are amazing. Heather always gets the fish tacos. She never finishes them. So I eat them. Uh, but I do. So we'll go to a place like that. I'll crush a couple diet Cokes with lime in it because their diet Coke is really crispy, which I really appreciate. If it's flat, send it back. Um, We'll go to a place like that, maybe after I've worked out for the day at like maybe five o'clock, and that's what we'll do. And uh, if there's any treats or something, I'll have a little something sweet at home. Uh, I dig into the habit uh, for a couple of weeks going to this place called Crumble Cookies, which the cookies are enormous. And I've talked about this before. They're really good, they're huge and they're thick. But man, um, I got a real hard time with portion control eating those. And, uh, it's, uh, I just don't feel good the next day when I wake up. I feel like I'm kind of hung over, even though I didn't drink a drop of alcohol. It's kind of like that sugar hangover. My face is puffy. Uh, it's just not a good look. So I tend to steer away from the super high sugar stuff. Even if it's, uh, if I do a meal that's, you know, it's like a burger and fries, it's, it's higher fat, it's, it's higher sodium. If I drink enough water, I, I tend to feel fine. It's the really high sugary sweet stuff. I don't do, uh. I don't do great with. So I really have been mindful of that. But uh, if we do something sweet at home, maybe it's, you know, a couple cinnamon rolls or a couple of cookies and some Halo top, but but not super berserk. But that's still a big meal. You're talking probably between a burger, fries and all the other stuff I, I, you know, plug my face with, you know, probably 3000 calories, you know, so uh, a pretty substantial meal, uh, to say the least. And then obviously, that's so much food. I wake up on Sunday. We come in here, do our Sunday Advanced Metcon, and uh, I just kind of fast most of the day. And then if I get home, you know, later on and, you know, between 4, or 5, six o'clock, just eat an, another, you know, kind of normal, healthy, bigger meal of uh, protein, produce, and water. And that's kind of the, the secret for, for all my meals other than that one meal per week. And the reason I only do one on Sunday is because I'm typically so full from my pig out session on Saturday. I just kind of stretch it out and let my body kind of run off of all the food. And I do, I feel better that way. So that's what I personally do. Again, I'm not telling you guys to do it. That's what I do. But every, you know, normal meal that I eat a week, I try to have a huge, you know, chunk of protein. I try to have some produce, obviously full of healthy fats and uh, water. We cook a lot of our stuff with uh, coconut oil um, or the organic uh, olive oils we like to use as well. And uh, I'm a fan of chia seeds. I'm a fan of avocados. I'm a fan of whole eggs. I like cheese too. Um, I use it uh, obviously in moderation, but that's kind of you know how I eat for the most part. Again, it's not rocket science, it's not super sexy, but I intermittent fast, I eat a ton of protein, I eat as many veggies as I can, I throw fruits in um, a couple of times a week. Um, Heather has a lot of berries around so if I'm making athletic greens or something as I'm cooking my eggs, I might grab a handful of blueberries and, and, and pump them in my mouth. And then obviously if I want something a little sweeter, we'll make our protein shake. So I'll throw in our protein powders with some, you know, nut butters, with some frozen berries, uh, with some athletic greens. I'll throw the collagen in there and I'll slam that. And I sometimes might drink that, you know, as I'm cooking up uh, steak or something, you know. So it really just depends. I try to be fluid with it. I try to eat as many you know, whole real foods as possible, and not rely on supplements, because I like to eat. I really do. And uh, that's an overly simplistic uh, version of how I eat, I could share all the different recipes and things, but there's no need. At the end of the day, you guys, I fast for most of the day, I eat in a small window, I eat a ton of protein, A lot of healthy fats I throw in there. And then obviously if I'm eating steaks and salmon, there's going to be fats obviously in those meals. If I throw in something like a perfect bar, which is made from peanut butter and the almond butters, I do love nut butters as well. Um, Heather will sometimes have like unsalted cashews around, which I got to be really mindful of because, man, I can crush a whole bag instantly. I just do things that I know my personality type can handle. I don't put myself in a bad situation. Does that make sense? Like if you're an alcoholic, don't hang out in a bar. It's not going to be a great place for you over time. If you're someone like me, you know, I'm not going to, you know, pick up a side job at a bakery, like uh, uh, making donuts in my free time. It's not a good look for me. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just certain situations I don't want to put myself in. So I don't buy certain things and keep them at the house. Now I would suggest that to all of you as well. And this is an evolution. How I eat today is not how I ate 10 years ago. You're always learning. And again, what I always go back to is auditing how you feel when you eat. How do you feel? Do you feel bloated? Do you feel lethargic? Do you have energy, more or less? You know, how do you sleep? You know, do you have gas? How uh, regular are you when you go to the bathroom? All these things matter. We've done full podcasts on poop and, and the things and, and fiber and all the things that you need to have in your life. But just really audit how you feel, and how much energy you have, not just for your workouts, but for your daily life. And It goes a long way. It's just weird because, you know, eating right is really hard. It's something you have to do correctly, you know, one, two, three, four times a day, every single day until you die. If you want results, if you want to feel a certain way, and it's, you are what you consume, you know, from your hair, your skin, your nails, how everything regenerates, that's it. And so you really have to be mindful of what you're putting in your body. And what you put in there is what's going to produce on the outside. And if you feel bad, you know, if you can see that you're bloated in your face, if your hands are swollen something's going on there. There's something going on externally. And there's something going on internally as well. And you got to figure that out. And uh, so that's it. That's in a nutshell kind of what I do. I'm sure I missed a couple of things and skipped some things. My worst habits are probably, um, you know, I like to eat uh, power crunch bars once in a while. Um, I like the perfect bars once in a while. And uh, I don't know, I like to drink diet soda here and there. Um, But Again, I've done a full podcast on diet soda, and I, I believe it's perfectly safe to do. Uh, I'm not drinking 14 cans of it a day. I'll probably, you know, maybe have one with dinner, um, like a crispy, you know, Diet 7-Up or like a Diet uh, A&W root beer. Um, but that's it. You know, it's not real crazy, and that helps me eat better, believe it or not. I find when I have like a like a diet, and I, I just like it, like a cold, crispy beverage. It's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's human nature. Um, I'll have them with dinner. And I tend not to want to eat sweets. If I do that. That's the crazy thing. Like, I know people will say like, oh, diet soda leads to this and this and this. I don't believe that. And if that's the case, and you got a bunch of studies, you can show them to me. But uh, that's not the case for me. The better I eat, if I'm drinking like a diet soda with it, I tend to eat even better over time. If I take that out completely, which I've done before in the past, and only done water and coffee, I tend to feel like I'm craving sweets like i want cookies i want uh ice cream i want bananas i want apples and all those things you know apples and bananas are fine but when you eat you know two apples with a half a jar of peanut butter and three bananas i don't think that's a great choice for me personally so that's what works for me on top of that obviously i drink coffee all morning water all morning i am a fan of the red zeros i actually have one right here i like the uh The white cherry ones, um, for some reason, that's my jam. Um, And I go with those. But I'm a huge fan of those things, and that tends to get me through most days. And then the one day a week, if I want to go out and eat a pizza, I'll do it. If I want to go and have a burger, cool. Or tacos or whatever the thing is and I want to experience you know some of these really amazing restaurants and these these culinary places with my friends and with my family and I enjoy doing that I enjoy entertaining them and having fun with them and being a quote-unquote normal person with them and I do it and I don't have eater's remorse and I feel totally fine it doesn't affect me whatsoever I actually can take advantage of this surplus of calories the next day that's why I do it the way I do it so I train Saturday um, which I'll get into in a second I eat that food and I wake up and we come in here and do the Sunday advanced Metcons, which leads me to my training. If we're going to go that route, my first day of the week, I look at it like Sunday. I know a lot of people go Monday, but I tend to think of it as Sunday. So if we're coming from an eating standpoint, I eat my big cheat meal Saturday and then I wake up and then Sunday is the start to my week essentially. So that Sunday, we're in here doing this terrible advanced Metcon. Early in the morning, and it's, they don't take super long. Sometimes they're 26 minutes, sometimes they're 45 minutes, but they're all out, balls to the wall, like legit metabolic training. Um, we'll mix everything together. The other day, what do we do? We did a 2K ski. Um, so hop on the skier, do a 2K fast as you can, run a full lap around the building here, which is 300 and I don't know, almost 400 yards, give or take. So ski a 2k, which for most people, seven to eight minutes, give or take is what that takes, then run 400 uh, yards, excuse me. After the 400 yard run, we row a 2k, which again, for most people, seven to eight minutes, then run 400 yards. After that 100 barbell thrusters, you know, full range of motion, deep squat, overhead press, then run 400 yards. After that, come in 50 full range of motion pushups, then run 400 yards. That was what we did last Sunday. And so I think that took 31-ish minutes. So my cheat meal is fueling this workout. So if I eat in a surplus, I tend to feel good, I have energy. If I go too crazy with the sugary stuff, I'll feel kind of hungover, lethargic, and actually takes away from my workout. So even then when I'm cheating, I guess, if you want to call it that, I'm still mindful of what's going on. That's the key here. You start to give a shit about everything you eat. Now you don't have to do that. That's just what I do. You guys have asked for it, so I'm sharing it with you. I am always basing stuff off of how I feel. Even if I, you know, go crazy on the food stuff, I don't want to go so far where it steals from my next day. And that's the thing. That's why I have a hard time with, you know, drinking alcohol. Like in college, you don't give a shit. Um, But as I became an adult, I'm like, I don't want to go out and and drink, you know, a half a bottle of whiskey because it's going to steal from my next day. I'm going to feel sick. I'm going to feel dehydrated and hungover. I'm not going to want to train. I'm not going to want to read. I'm not going to want to create or hang out. It's just, it's going to steal a day of my life. And Lord knows like we don't get that many and I don't want to throw one away just for a night of drinking. It's the same way I feel about eating way too much of something. If I wake up the next day and I'm like, I'm constipated or I'm bloated. I just don't like it. So even when I make those, you know, choices on a Saturday that's like kind of my free-for-all meal I still set some parameters for myself I don't let it go longer than about 60 minutes and I don't go so insane where I feel like you know I got a ridiculous food coma now I do once in a while I fuck up yeah for sure we always are going to revert back to some old habits now and then but it's so few and far between compared to what it used to be even maybe just five years ago and again if you guys want to go bananas and go just do what you have to do but I feel best this way. I just don't like to give away um, an entire day. Because years ago, I might go to a place like Oregano's, which is a pizza place here. And I would go eat like two whole pizzas. And I'm not exaggerating. You can ask Heather. I would eat two whole large pizzas. I like the thin crust. I don't do the thick stuff. Two like large pizzas. And then I would have like probably like five Diet Cokes because their Diet Coke was crispy. And then I would have like a Pazookie, which is the... Uh, it's like a cookie dough it's like a cookie baked in a hot skillet with ice cream scoops on top and I would eat all that. that's what I would do and then maybe go home and, and try to shove some other food in my mouth like literally I was a maniac but I don't do that anymore because I would feel so crappy the next day I wouldn't train I won't be able to get up I just it messed with my entire digestive system I didn't like it I like to be regular I like to feel good and move good so. What I'll do is I'll have that cheat meal Sunday. We do the advanced Metcon here. And then we might film some other content as well. So I've done a hard workout. And again, some of these other Metcons take like 45 minutes, 50 minutes of all out effort. So meaning for, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, you you don't stop moving. And you're just pushing the pace because you're competing with everybody here. You're not, but you are. Like I'm not trying to beat anybody here, but I can see everybody else moving. And I want to keep moving at the same clip that they are. It pushes me to be better. And we all kind of push each other and so I'll do that and then Heather might come in and we might film a little bit of content too. I'll go through mobility and kind of move through my day. When Monday starts at least for right now I've been on kind of a four-day uh, lifting split this year which my Mondays um, again it just worked out because of my work schedule. Um, so Monday's is a really busy day for me especially right now. Um, we got a ton of group training going on. Uh, we got a ton of PT stuff going on. And then obviously I have a ton of internet uh, check-ins to do on Monday. So on Monday, I'll go through kind of like an upper body flow. And I might do it bodybuilding style the first day. Um, or I might do it strength style or circuit style. It really just depends. And what I mean is, if I go through an upper body day, and let's say we do bodybuilding style, when I say that, I mean straight sets. So I'll be like dumbbell bench press for you know, three sets of six to 12. So meaning if I want to go like more of the strength stuff, I'll do like the six rep range. If I want to go more hypertrophy, kind of that, you know, bodybuilding style, you know, muscle building, I'll go more of the 12 rep range. It really just depends on how I feel that day. I train very intuitively now. Yes, I have programs set that we create here. And I try all the programs we do before we give them to you guys. Even in the group here, I'll do the program. So I know, okay, doing 40, you know, bear crawl touches sucks, or doing 15, uh, Cals and the Versa climber takes about this long. And so I can gauge it, it makes me a better athlete, but it makes me a better coach. And that's how I do everything here. I test everything before we give it to you guys. I don't just create some shit and say, I have no clue how long this is going to take. I have a pretty good estimate based on what we've done, because I've tried at least parts of it, if not the entire workout in full, multiple times. And I've been doing this for, you know, shit, the better part of, you know, 15 years, 11 years now solo on my own. So this is all I do. This is all I I eat, sleep, and I breathe health and fitness and nutrition and just coaching humans. This is what it is. I watch more fitness in a week than than a lot of coaches are going to watch probably in a year. I really do Um, because I'm here all day. This is it, man. Like from the videos that we do and create and to the people we watch here, from the guys who want to be bodybuilders to the triathlons to the lady who's just trying to be able to, you know, play with her kids. We see all levels of fitness across the board, so it gives you a really good scope of, of what you can do and what is possible, and you know what kind of programming works for me and for you and for everybody else. So, not to get off topic, but so if we're gonna start like on a, a Monday for me, I might go through you know straight sets of you know dumbbell bench press, maybe barbell you know bent rows, maybe standing overhead dumbbell military presses, maybe dumbbell flies, uh, pull-ups it might be dumbbell lat raises, it might be TRX tricep extensions, and then it might be uh, dumbbell hammer curls. And those all might be three sets anywhere from like six to 12, or kind of that 10 to 15 range, depending on if it's a compound movement, or like an accessory movement. When I say that, I mean, your your compound movements like your overhead pressing, your vertical press, your horizontal press, your accessory movements being like your TRX tricep extension and your hammer curls, the little muscle groups, not the big muscle groups. So before every training session, even on the Sundays, it's I'll do mobility. I'll get some mobility work in, maybe some tissue work too. It just depends uh, when it's foam rolling, if you will, um, and some band stretching and just a mobility flow, depending on what day it is. I'll always do a little bit of a lower body stuff just because I want to get my hips and my glutes loose, and I might even do some hanging work so I can twist to kind of get my uh, what is that uh, L5. Uh, S1, or yeah, your SI joint, that uh, L5, yeah, kind of opened up, like I'll rotate, let the hands hang, let my shoulders, if you can watch me on YouTube, kind of sink down in between, open up the T-spine, let the shoulders get loose, and then I just rotate uh, through the hips, and I can hear a little almost like a pop, just to kind of crack, get things kind of opened up. I might roll the glutes a little bit, but if it's an upper body day, like I just listed, I'll do mobility. I'll flow through it, you know, kind of bodybuilding style, all in straight sets, so all my bench work, all my row work, all my pressing work, and then you know maybe some competitive, non-competitive sets, just depends on the day, and uh, I'll flow through that. And then I might hop on uh, you know the erg bike, or I might hop on the ski, or I might hop on a row or something for you know a minute, five minutes, ten minutes. It really just depends on the day, um, a how much time I have in my schedule and what I'm trying to get done. I might do email returns on the bike, and then usually I throw my phone on the ground and then I just rip it for a couple of minutes. It really just depends on on, uh, on what, I'm, what I'm feeling like and how much how much I hate myself in all reality. Um, that's like on a Monday, right? So Sunday, we do our Sunday Advanced Metcons, which are disgusting and gross. And I do that because the people in the group here push me and make me want to be better. And we can all kind of hate it together. Then on Monday, obviously, I jump back into upper body. Tuesday, uh, I'll jump into the lower body stuff. Let's say it's another day of, uh, you know, straight sets kind of bodybuilding style. And it really, again, just depends on, how I feel, and what's going on with my body. If my body so beat to shit, I'm going to change the day. So like on Sunday, we do the advanced mat cons. If we do like, let's say, uh, 300 yards of walking lunges, and bodyweight squats, and riding the assault bike, and pushing the sled, and it comes to Tuesday, my legs are just shot, maybe I live to train another day. Maybe I switch that day with a different day of the week. So you always have to listen to your body. That's the key here. Even if your program says this, it's okay to shift it, you guys. You have to listen to what's going on. And I'm not talking about, you know, you're just being soft and lazy. I'm like, you legitimately know your body is beat to hell and you're making a smart decision. Again, if you're 22, you're probably going to bounce back in a day. If you're 42, you know, you got to be smart. And th- there's nothing wrong with that. It's You only have so many fitness checks you can cash, and I mean on your joints. So listen and be smart, and make sure you're sleeping enough, getting enough proper recovery and rest. That goes a long way. But on a Tuesday, I might go through something like, let's say, uh, dumbbell split squats. Again, same like kind of three set pattern, six to twelve. Whether it so, if I go on like closer to six rep range, it's probably hundred pound dumbbells in each hand. That's deep waters. That's gross. If I'm going with the twelves. Ah, maybe 65 pounds in each hand so it's lighter load but higher volume i'm just and again some days i like the heavier stuff because it's, it's less reps to do i personally think i like that better is it easier no it's just different but doing the high rep stuff man it's a whole different level of misery and a whole different level of pain for sure and if you're doing split squats with super heavy loads or higher volume you're gonna visit your pain cave and you're going to see what you're made of. But that's kind of how I start the day. And I usually start the days with the things I hate the most, or the things that I that have to get done just in case something crazy happens. And I got to run out of here or, or you know, put out a, a proverbial fire uh, in the business or with somebody. But I tend to do it that way. So I'll start off with the split squats right into it, then maybe some stiff leg barbell deadlifts. Uh, I might jump into Uh, just some calf work, because I do think it's important. And I think a lot of people always leave like calves and these little muscle groups at the end of workouts, which I don't think is is smart, especially if you want to give them some love. And, uh, you know, obviously get the Achilles some love, it's it's a little bit of therapy as well. So I'll do some dynamic uh, calf work, then I might get into, you know, dumbbell step ups, maybe some walking lunges, uh, loaded, obviously with dumbbells as well. And then some lateral lunges, sometimes body weight, um, loaded or unloaded, it really just depends. And uh, I might even throw in, it just depends on the day, maybe some direct ab work, maybe the ab wheel, maybe some decline sit-ups, just a little bit of trunk stuff uh, in the leg days, again, depending on time. Tuesdays, I usually have a little bit bigger chunk of time, so I can throw in some of that accessory stuff as well. And then I might hop on the bike and say, hey, I'm going to do, you know, just a 5K on the erg bike, or I'm going to do a 2K ski here. And not at a crazy breakneck pace, but just something that, you know, I need to get some, some work in. And then on like a Wednesday, which should be towards the middle of the week, that's kind of my easier day. And uh, it's my busiest day of the week work wise, I have the most responsibilities and things to do that day. And I'm a normal person just like you guys. So when I have less time, I, I don't tr- try to kill myself. And again, this is also in the middle of the week. So if my body's really beat to hell, I might just walk and in uh, foam roll and do mobility. And so Almost every day I have to preface for you guys, I'm getting about 20,000 steps in. Some days it's like 17,000, some days it's like 25,000 steps. Obviously, I still coach humans here, and I walk around a ton. And so that's a lot of non, you know, I guess, fitness activity, if you will. So that alone covers a lot of, you know, baseline aerobic work. I think walking is really underrated. If you guys aren't getting at least 10,000 steps in per day, I would urge you to do that most definitely. But on a Wednesday, I'll get at least 20 plus 1000 steps in every single Wednesday. And then if I have a half hour, it might be just mobility and foam rolling or the other day I was in here. I had a little chunk of time I just got on the air runner. So I did my mobility, I foam rolled a little bit opened up my uh, T spine and rolled my glutes because my low back was kind of bugging me. And I hopped on the air runner and I just did one minute of running one minute of walking for 30 straight minutes. So about 40 minutes of total work between little rolling and mobility, and then walk a minute, run a minute on the air runner. And the air runners are just the uh, self-generating, they're like the Woodway treadmills. They're on a curve and there's no motor in them. So the only way they move is if you move your ass. So, uh, and I felt good, got a good sweat going. Um, Heart rate was up and I felt good. And that might just be something I do, or I might just hop on the Erg bike and ride it for a half hour. Or I might, uh, you know, push a sled down and back, and then just breathe for a minute and then push my the sled down and back and just, just getting the body moving through space or put it, my AirPods in and just walk around in the sun, get a little bit of sun going. But I always try to do something every single day. And even if that's just foam rolling and doing mobility, sometimes that's enough. You have to know if your body's beat to hell, let your central nervous system relax and just chill, and it's okay. And honestly, what I've found is by not killing myself every single day, I look so much better. It's crazy to say, but I train so much less time now than I used to. I do not work out for 2 hours a day. That'd be fucking ridiculous. I'm not doing crazy 2 a day workouts. Now sometimes I might lift and then do some aerobic work if I feel good cuz I'm testing out stuff for here, but it's not necessary. Again, your body has to have enough time to heal, recover and repair itself. And so I used to work out like, you know, as like a young kid 2 hours a day. I'm just as strong now, I'm way more mobile and I'm way fitter overall in terms of all the skills that I have and things I can do. It's not even close. And I wake up and I don't feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. Now, some days, yes, I push it in my body. And that's just life too. That stress of uh, the economy and 2020 and, you know, business and humans and being married and all the things that go into life they, they can just all add up and like you know people die and people get sick there's these we all have normal life stresses so that all equates to it too so you have to take that into consideration when you're training but the, for the most part how i wake up now i don't feel like i got hit by a mac truck and some days yeah my hammies are tight some days my glutes are tight my chest is tight and that's okay i had a good training week i don't do it to the point of where i'm like hurt there, there's just there's no point of that there's no Badge of honor for always feeling like a beat down bag of shit. I just don't see what's the point of that. You know, just really listen to your body. So, after I get past the Wednesday, which is kind of like my active recovery day for the most part, um, I get back into upper body stuff. And I might do that either circuit style or I might play with a bunch of supersets. It really just depends. I do like, um, there's a lot of good things in the bodybuilding world. There's a lot of good things that come from bodybuilding. I just don't like to be married to the methodology of that. So I like to take all the practices and protocols and put them together. So I might go through a circuit, right? I might just set the clock for maybe 35 minutes and get through as many rounds of possible as uh, like incline dumbbell bench, maybe some uh, dumbbell rack deadlifts, uh, you know, single arm uh, kneeling military presses, maybe wide grip push-ups, maybe close grip chin-ups, maybe just uh, dips. And then maybe a dumbbell curl to press or like TRX face pulls. And I might just write that all down on a whiteboard. And I might say, you know, anywhere from six to, you know, 12 repetitions, let's say. And I just keep cycling through over and over and over again. So I go from press to dead to press to push up to row and just keep going over and over and over again. So think of that as like as many rounds as possible workout. So almost like, you know, Metcon style but only upper body focused. And my focus isn't to die aerobically, it's with the muscles fatigue over time, and gradually kind of wear them down. So I'm not just, you know, going straight set, you know, bench press, bench press, bench press, it's bench press, pull up, try extension, curl, row, back to bench press, and so on. So you're cycling through like in a circuit. And I like those too. And you're taking minimal rest between sets, you know, maybe 30 to 60 seconds at most and you let the time run and I might do that anywhere from 30 minutes to 40 minutes who knows it just depends on you know how crazy I want to get for the day but I do like that protocol as well and so it builds a little bit of aerobic endurance and it lets you give the body some love and again not taxing this the same body part over and over and over again or I might take a day and say I'm going to superset everything and I'm going to do but you know non-competitive sets. so I'm going to do dumbbell bench press and I'm going to do dumbbell bent rows and I'm going to go set one, press, and then row, and then chill for a minute, and then back to it, press, and then row, and then chill for a minute. And so and do that for everything. And then maybe, you know, dips with barbell curls, superset it, and then wait for a minute, and then go back to dips, back to barbell curls, wait for a minute, then go to pull ups, and then push ups, wait for a minute. And that might be, you know, I might go max reps, pull ups, and then the match it with push ups. So if I can do let's say for a did 16 pull ups, I'll do 16 push ups, wait a minute, I'll go back to it. and I'll do 14 pull ups, if that's all I can do. And then 14 push ups, and I'll superset that for the four sets. So I like to play with it. And I like to have fun, it keeps it again, I've been doing this for a long time, you guys. So yeah, I create a program, but I'm not always married to it. I'm always testing new things and trying new things to see what is good for our groups. And then I might have a, you know, once in a while, I have a good idea. And then we can create a new program, we can give it to you guys. So I do things like that. And then obviously it gets, you know, back to the the fourth day of loading, which is back to lower body again. And it really just depends. Uh, I, I'll have a program laid out, but I might do something real basic, like what I went through today. I just went through and did uh, straight sets to start. I went split squats, just five straight sets of split squats. Then I moved into five straight sets of kettlebell sumo deadlifts. Then I went into five straight sets of kettlebell swings, and I did a 106 kettlebell at 25 reps per for the five straight sets. Once that was done, I set the clock for 10 straight minutes and went step ups. And so minute one, I just did uh, all right leg, stepping up on a 24 inch box over and over and over again for the full minute. When minute two clicks, I'll go to my left leg for a straight minute over and over and over again, then back to the right leg back to the left leg for 10 straight minutes. If you guys do that, and you go slow, and, and when you push up, you're only pushing through the, the push heel. So if my right leg is the work leg, I'm only pushing through my right leg the entire time and I'm coming down nice and slow on the eccentric, your quad is firing, your glute, your hammy is engaged. If you do that for 10 straight minutes, you'll be dripping sweat. That I promise you. And so I did that today, obviously, to end the workout. And obviously, I do mobility, like I said, and, and foam rolling in every workout. But that might not be the program I had listed out today. But my brain is fried. It's the end of the week. And I'm like, you know what? I need, I need, I haven't done split squats yet this week, so I have to get those done. Um, I already deadlifted with a barbell this week, so I want to go you know, kettlebell, sumo deadlifts. I haven't done swings yet, so let's get the swings in. And then let's just really take our time um, and go through the step-ups. And we're loading all those things relatively heavy. And that's fine. That's a good day for me. I felt great doing it. And I could have done more, but I had to do this podcast. So here we are. That's kind of what the week looks like. And then on a Saturday, uh, I'll come in. I'll, uh, I'll test uh, a couple of like five-minute blocks uh, of the protocols we're going to do for our training groups here. So like what our groups do here. I like to test them out and see, like, okay, what can be done in five and a half minutes? And then I know when they come up, like, on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, okay, guys, you probably get through about three to four total rounds of this during the workout, give or take, depending on how quick you ride the bike or ski or push the sled. And I can say that because I've already done it. And so on the Saturday, I'll test out some of the group protocols here that happened in person uh, with our people, and these are the same workouts we share in our inner circle. And then Heather will come in usually. She's gone this weekend, so... We filmed a lot of stuff the week before. Uh, We will film probably for about an hour to an hour and a half of, of just multiple protocols and different things we're testing out here. So as I'm going through the group stuff, I'll say, hey, Heather, let's film these two blocks or let's film some of the Sunday Advanced Metcon stuff. And what I will do once in a while is the Sunday Advanced Metcons that you guys get, I might throw them in on an upper body day. I tend to keep my lower body days regimented. So if I've already lifted, you know, chest and shoulders and back, I don't always have to do that twice per week. And so what I'll do is what you see on Sunday, I actually did it like on Thursday, if that makes sense. So you're seeing it on Sunday, but we film them here. And we call it chunking. Obviously, we, we chunk a lot of stuff together because we run a businesses and we don't have time to film everything in real time. So the Sunday Advanced MedCon you got like a week ago, I went through it like on a Thursday um, because I already worked upper body. And I'm like, you know what? Let me test this out and see um, how terrible it really is. And then we'll obviously film it Uh, later on. So I'll do that as well. So really, my Saturday is kind of a mixed, you know, bag kind of hodgepodge of like, trying out things for the group here, trying out things for you guys and testing new programs and protocols. And uh, that's kind of how my training has been in 2021. So far, and that's probably how it's going to go. Now, obviously, if I'm sore or tight, it can shift and and flow and we can mess with certain things. And I'm always throwing in little stuff during the day, because obviously, when I'm here coaching the groups, I'm demoing some of the exercises, we're trying things, we're helping people correct form. And then we're working with our PT clients, we're going to take them through different protocols. But this is what I do. And this is who I am. So that's what works for me. But I also, you know, we have an office here, which is the same podcast studio you guys are watching. If you ever come in here, you will get to see all the artwork and the things that are going on. But my office is 50 feet from where I can train. So I don't really have an excuse. And even for me, sometimes it's obviously hard to get motivated, but this is what I do every day. And uh, I share this with you guys, not as a blueprint of what you're supposed to do. This is just what I do. And it's what works for me. And uh, there might be some weeks where I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to go through and do that lifting protocol. I'm just going to do 30-minute cons every single day. And it might be all upper, all lower. I might just do, you know, four total body cons for the week and then foam rolling, do mobility and throw in a bro day and just do push-ups and curls and bullshit stuff and then Sunday do the advanced metcon who knows like this is the outline of what I generally do but it's always up for interpretation and to be able to shift and try certain things and if my fitness friends send me protocols and fun workouts to try just like you guys do a lot of the stuff that I put out on Instagram I'll tr- if BJ's like hey try this I'll try it or if Hannah's like hey I did this try this or somebody sends me something I'll give it a go as long as it doesn't sound uh, too terrible. And if I really hate myself, then fuck it. I'll get into damn near anything. Uh, But I just wanted to share because a lot of you guys have been asking, Jeremy, how do you personally train? How do you personally eat? That in a nutshell is is kind of what I do. And again, it's always up. There's, uh, There's little things I'm forgetting to mention for sure that I go through, but I always make sure I do mobility. I always make sure I'm foam rolling. And I always make sure to, you know, squat and uh, do some version of deadlifting and hip hinging and and vertical pressing and horizontal pressing. And I always row uh, more than I push. So for me personally, and this is a good tip for anybody before I let you go, if you're, you're building a program or doing one, it's always good to row more than you push, right? So if you're going to do push-ups and bench press and incline press, it's always important to row more than that. So for every pushing movement, do two rowing movements. So if you're going to do a bench press, do a pull up, and like do a TRX roll, things like that. Those just make sense because we tend to train the things that we can see more than the things that we don't see. And that's just a little easy protocol. And if you guys aren't doing mobility, please do it. We have a full uh, mobility playlist on our YouTube channel. It's 100% for free. There's like 30 videos in there. You can take advantage. We also run a, uh, I think we have a free mobility guide too. Honestly, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm making that up. I'm pretty sure we do. Uh, We also run a mandatory mobility challenge usually once a year, which is like, I think it's five or six flows, you just follow along with me over the course of 30 days. And you repeat them, you know, every like week and a half to see how you're progressing and moving. Because you know, you're gonna lose a lot in your life. We're all getting older, softer, wrinklier, Um, our hair is getting grayer, it's falling out. Lord knows I feel that. And uh, you're gonna lose strength. And you're gonna lose certain things, but your mobility you can hang on to for a really long period of time. And so I just can't Stress that enough. And if your body's sore and tired and beat down, take a day off, man. Take a mental break. Let your central nervous system relax. Let everything just kind of heal up. And if you got to take a couple of days off of training, that's okay. Now, if you've been a lazy ass and you haven't been doing shit, then no, I'm not talking to you. But if you know you're a person who's habitual in the gym every single day and you feel like you're not getting results or you're plateauing, and think, take a day and chill. Just let the body heal. Sleep some more go for a walk, just unplug from some of it. I just, we get so addicted to trying doing things so fast and it it doesn't need to be that way. And again, at the end of the day, just audit how you feel, do what works best for you, find a training style, and an eating style that works for you and your lifestyle where you're currently at. And it can always change and move as the seasons of life change and move for you. But don't feel like you have to do something and be married to a certain methodology and this concrete program exactly as is. That's not how life works. It's why meal plans don't work because they can't be made perfect for every single day of you. It's the same with training programs. We create a bunch of them for sure. And if you can follow them and they work, awesome. And if you got to skip and move things around, that's okay too. And that's the beauty of fitness. Something works for everybody. Same thing with nutrition. Something works for everyone. This is what currently works for me right now in my lifestyle. But again, I'm a fitness professional, and I live and breathe it, and I don't have a ton of other hobbies outside of doing this, and I love to do it. And I like 99% of everything that surrounds it. And so if you find yourself that that'd be too much time for you to dedicate, and this is not how you want to eat and train, you don't have to. You can look and move and feel your best doing it 18 different ways through the programs that we create. Everything that we create here, other than the 35-Day Advanced Trainer, which is that program is literally what I do. Um, every other program is made for people to look, move, and feel their best in the comforts of their own home, or if they want to join a gym or people who do private coaching with us. Um, we make it for you to fit your lifestyle so you're not spending two hours a day in the gym, and your body isn't so beat to shit, and we don't have you doing dangerous stuff. because That's a no-win situation for anybody. So. Hopefully that helped um, answer the questions for you guys who really cared about how I train and how I eat and how I go about things. But I, I really just try to take care of myself at this point. And, you know, the days of me uh, deadlifting 600 pounds are, are probably gone. Um, I just don't see the importance of it anymore. I'm not trying to PR anything. Uh, I'm not in a dick measuring contest with anyone. I don't really care. If you can bench more than me, awesome. If you can run a mile faster than me, Awesome. It really doesn't matter. I'm not competing with you on that. I'm just really competing with myself. And I'm trying to stay healthy and I'm trying to stay fit so I can show you guys, you know, different ideas and variations and create programs that help you live a healthier, better life. And just know you don't got to spend your life in the gym and you don't have to be dedicated to it 24 7. If I didn't do this for a living, I'm sure it would be a lot different. Uh, But this has given me a really great life and uh, I've been. blessed and i feel very fortunate that i have the opportunity to talk to you guys and, and coach you guys and show you things uh, because i've been given this body and i really feel like it's a gift i truly do and i feel like if i didn't eat right and take care of it and, and train it this way and look this way and move this way and feel this way i would be shitting on a gift that i was given from god or, or source energy or the universe or unicorn tears or whatever you choose to believe in i feel like i was given this to give back to all of you i really do feel it that way so i feel like uh a, a, you know who much is given much is expected. And I, I feel that in myself. And that's why I try to lead from the front, I try to eat a certain way. And I try to get good sleep and take care of myself so I can say things and present things and give them to you and make you healthier. Um, but it's not a comparison thing by any means you don't, you don't want to live my life. I promise you that you don't want to wake up when I wake up, you don't want to train like I train, you don't hate yourself that much. And uh, you don't want to visit your pain cave as, awesome, as often as as I do. I really don't think you do. But if you do, you got my outline and you're always welcome to come in here on, on uh, any day of the week and join our groups and, and be miserable with them or uh, if it's a Sunday and you really want to you know, test your sanity, by all means, uh, hit me up. But that's it. Uh, again, a reminder, our 30 for 30 challenge is kicking off here on March the 8th. You have in March the 6th to register. If you're interested, uh, I can give you guys a podcast discount code on top of that. The podcast is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, the site athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. You guys can get a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs. And if you're really on the fence, you guys hit me up. I'll have Monica send you a free travel pack to try. Again, it's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss it. And I do have to give them credit because it does, I feel it gives me a good energy boost. And it's a great way for me to get all my micronutrients in. I feel like my hair, skin, and nails are... uh, even better because of it. Well, maybe not my hair, but my skin and nails uh, for sure. And again, the podcast brought to you by my homies at beam CBD, beamtlc.com. You guys can get 35% off all subscriptions and 20% off any products always and forever by just using the code Jeremy Scott. And you can always hit me up and I can send you a link to get three free nights of the dream product, which is the thing I take every single night to sleep. And I can wake up and feel like a badass and do podcasts and train and play with my dog and all the other exciting stuff that I do uh, on a daily and weekly basis. So I appreciate you guys. If you happen to be on Apple podcasts on your iPhone, or your Mac, just click the little uh, podcast icon, scroll your finger all the way down, drop it a five star and drop me a couple of sentences and let me know what you think of the podcast. I truly appreciate it. And share this with a friend or family member who really wants to uh, know how I eat and train, I guess, which is kind of creepy. And very humbling at the same time. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, I'll probably come on the podcast tomorrow or Sunday with some more stuff. And then I have a ton of guests coming on this month. I know we're going to get Raul up in here. We're going to get Nikki Metzger on here. Heather will be back. I'm going to try to get Ben Novak on as well. And maybe even Trisha and some other people. So a lot of good stuff now that the world's becoming more normal. And, uh, you know, COVID is, uh, you know, getting crushed by all of our efforts, Hopefully. We will uh, get a lot more people in here and we'll keep this fun and funky and fresh for you guys. So have an awesome Friday night. I got to go home and eat. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.